It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. I've told the story before, and it came up again this weekend. It's the story of Judge John Knox. And in his book, one of the two books that he wrote, published in 1940, A Judge Comes of Age, the story is told of the man who, as Winston Churchill wrote in a letter, saved democracy for the world. Two copies of his book were given to a university whose president then brought me a copy, one of my most prized books in my collection. But the story of saving democracy for the world is one of a man who stood up and, in essence, destroyed a possibility of being on the Supreme Court by standing up to FDR in his attempt to pack the court when, with the largest majority in our history of Democrats in Congress, his ideas, including his proposal to pack the U.S. Supreme Court, were so extreme the Democrats would not go along with it. John Knox, I think, would be concerned today when now President Biden has set up a commission on Supreme Court reform. We've seen this play in other nations recently, Venezuela, one of them, where they packed the Supreme Court, made it a political body. We see an element of it in our states where Supreme Courts in the state level, those state Supreme Courts, are largely political bodies, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, among others. So is this a solution in search of a problem Tom Jipping, Deputy Director at the Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies and Senior Legal Fellow at Heritage Foundation, will help me understand this because court packing, Tom, I think is one of the greatest dangers to our judicial system. It, in, in essence, in my opinion, would remove judicial and replace it with political. Well, people need to understand a little bit not not a whole lot, but a little bit of our history. Um, the Declaration of Independence lists a whole bunch of grievances that we had against England and King George. Those are the reasons that we said, you know, this was so serious we had to start a new country. Judicial independence is on that list. King George was uh, manipulating the courts by, you know, if the judges didn't rule the way he wanted, he would get rid of them and this kind of thing. It was so important that it literally is on the list of the reasons why we have the United States of America. You mentioned FDR. He could have had his way on anything that he wanted. There were 80 Democrats in the Senate after the 1936 election. They stood up and said, judicial independence is more important in the long run than any short-run political objective. And the the issue has not changed. Um, every president, every political party get frustrated with, you know, what the judiciary does from time to time. The question is whether the ends justify the means and they can just, uh, in a sense, have a hostile takeover of the judiciary to get what they want. Um, and the, the, fact, the fact is, uh, more than ever today, 
with a 50-50 Senate, a very closely divided House. Uh, this is the time to hang on to important principles, not to throw them out the window. Well, let's, I don't know, game this out, I guess, in a sense, uh, Tom, because let's say that for the the president and the vice president who would not answer on the campaign trail uh, the question of do you, would you pack the Supreme Court it was a it was a cry from many on the left during the campaign cycle they wouldn't answer it they dodged if they were able to get the wish of many on the left and pack the court the idea is that this would benefit Democrats but what happens when Republicans are in charge well, that's the um, that's the the issue. Anytime you have, anytime you're sort of blinded by power, is that uh, you don't put it in context. You don't think, look, this this isn't just going to work my way. You remember back in 2013, when uh, Democrats uh, were frustrated that Republicans had filibustered a handful of judges, and they said, we're going to change the filibuster rule so that you can't filibuster judges anymore. Um, we want we wanted, you know, three particular appointment appointments to the U.S. Court of Appeals, and we're going to get rid of the filibuster across the board to get what we want. Well, uh, Republicans took the Senate the next year, and uh, they came to regret really quickly that they uh, changed the judiciary to get a few individual judges, and you know they, they ought to know that by experience. Uh, and that's what to the, the same thing is, is true today. Um, there are some things that are more important uh, than the next vote in the Congress, than the next item on your agenda. And uh, judicial independence, um, you know, every country has a judiciary. Most countries have a constitution. And most countries in this world, I, I wouldn't want to live there if you paid me. And one of the important reasons why our judiciary is better and is admired by the world over is because it's been independent of the politicians. Uh, and that's what's at stake today. The left wants to break that down and make the, the judiciary nothing but a political tool. And if they do that, our freedom is gone. So let me be the, uh, I guess I would put it, the cynic and the Machiavellian in, once, in one shot here, Tom. If, and to our example in the discussion about what happens when the Republicans are in charge, and you're right, that example of the filibuster rule change, which I'm sure Harry Reid still has a few <laughs> smarts over. But from the left perspective, many say and act on the premise that what you get done now to further change America matters, even if in the future we don't have a majority. And it is a viable strategy Politically, if you're able to change certain laws, certain norms and certain structures in society, which become incredibly hard to unwind when you have a less judicial and a more political body to counter the legislative structure in this country, one that doesn't even operate on regular order. So I can understand from their point of view why it's an effective strategy to change the court. Oh, I, I, I get why. Um, if your perspective is the ends justify the means, and if power is the most important thing, uh, well then, yeah, if, if you can get it done this way, do it that way. If you can get it done over here, do it there. 
but the system of government that we have benefited from and that has provided the freedom that we have enjoyed is one that is based on limited government, divided power, uh, rules imposed upon government, and the independence of the judiciary uh, is at is at the the center of that. I think uh, William Rehnquist, the former Chief Justice, called it the crown jewel of our system of government. Um, it's what distinguishes our judiciary. Uh, from judiciaries the world over. You, ca you can't talk about a rule of law. We use that phrase all the time, but you can't talk about a rule of law if you know nothing more than you know the, the votes you have in the Congress determine what you get. Uh, that's not the way that's not the prescription for preserving our freedom. And um, the independence of the judiciary, this it, it, some people also say that, well, presidents appoint judges and they fill vacancies anyway, what's the difference? Well, the difference is federal judges don't have limited terms, and so the vacancies that occur that presidents get to fill, judges determine when those vacancies occur, by when they decide to leave. Court packing gives that to the political branches and to the politicians, and it breaks down yet another uh, layer of independence that the judiciary has. Um, judiciary isn't supposed to do the bidding of a political party. It's not supposed to follow an ideological agenda. And, and we need to preserve that rather than get rid of it. I, I think we also have to be very mindful, realistic of the history and the actions when it comes to judicial systems and the progressive left around the world. It, it, it has been effective for them to pervert judicial systems and use it to justify political or other goals. It has worked effectively, you know, outcome aside, and obviously a different outcome than we want, uh, I shall say more on the conservative thought side, of a, a balance and a co-equal and a tension between those branches of governments, all that and more combined, they've been effective with that strategy. And it, this to me is maybe the part not being discussed by the, those who would have the erudite conversations in Congress or on the public sphere. The hard, real, uh, the hardcore realpolitik of their goals, to your point, ends justify the means, even if the ends are bad. Well, and our, our the, the formula that have given us the freedom we enjoy is the opposite of the ends justify the means. Um, I used to work for Justice Antonin Scalia when he was on the Court of Appeals way back when. He used to say the rule of law is the law of rules, and you know, that sounds kind of rigid and, you know, formalistic and all of that, but it's the truth. And look, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. It is tempting for government to uh, take on more and more power to just do what it wants and the people um, can just shut up and take it. And that's not the way our system of government is designed. Well, there's plenty of regimes around the world that have judiciaries with no independence, and I wouldn't want to live in any of them. 
Yeah. Well, if they have their way, many on the left would like to see that here. Like the president's starting to staff this commission. And, you know, I I have been over the years, probably said it to you, you know, I'm a cynic of any commission in Washington, D.C. for the most part. They meet and develop a paper and in many cases, very little comes from those commissions. But this one concerns me more because it could set the the footprint or the next level battle because again the ends is what many on the progressive left seek yeah i think the you know commissions in washington are are created for different for a variety of reasons you know one might be to to actually produce some real creative solutions to it to a demonstrated problem there's no problem here the, the, the take the Supreme Court. It's had nine justices since 1869. Um, it decides fewer than half the cases it decided 30 years ago. Um, there isn't a, a, a state Supreme Court in the country that has more than nine justices, right? There, there's no objective reason why it needs more judges. Um, so creating this commission to say that it does is just a sneaky way uh, of uh, assuming that people will hear that it came, the idea came from a commission, something independent, and figure, well, then it must be. No, no. This is a, um, it's worse than a solution in search of a problem because this is being created deliberately to give some sort of impression of uh, radical ideas being less radical than they really are. Joe Biden said during the campaign, as you mentioned, the American people don't deserve to know his position on court packing, and he still hasn't said what it is. Uh, and there's a raft of other ideas that would attack the very thing that makes our judiciary important in our system of government. And I don't care whether the idea comes from a commission, from the president, uh, from some egghead law professor somewhere. We've got to look at the, at the merits of the idea, and the courts are not in need of reform the design that our founders gave us is right, uh, and we need to actually further embrace it rather than get rid of it. Yeah, well, you know, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said yesterday he was waiting on the commission. 180 days from now, uh, we should expect a commission report, but uh, Senator Schumer waiting on the commission to decide a path forward on reform. It's plain and simple, an attempt to justify a change that is dangerous to this country. And I'll go back to Winston Churchill in his letter to John Knox. You save democracy for the world from FDR, from the very same issue. And I wonder where we will be in 181 days with their next steps. Tom, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Tom Jippin, Senior Legal Fellow at Heritage Foundation, Deputy Director of the Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. 86695Patriot on social media at David Webb Show. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon East on Sirius XM Patriot 125.